a good running pace differs for everyone, right? Um, if you just get started, if you from um, a couch potato to uh, from uh, your first 5K, you're probably not gonna run the same speed as Kipchoge or um, the competitive marathoners. So here's the question, how do runners like us remain active, get stronger, and heal from injuries without being told to stop running and create a healthy life for ourselves so we can continue to hit PRs well into our 40s and 50s? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Dr. Dwayne Scotty, physical therapist, running coach, and creator of Spark Physical Therapy, where we help active adults be able to run without aches and pains so you can feel good about yourself again. Welcome to the Healthy Runner Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by UCAN. UCAN Nutrition is powered by Superstarch and delivers that steady, long-lasting energy without the spike and then the crash. I had to take a moment out of this episode to share with you how the Healthy Runner snacks during the day, that being me. I don't know if you're like me, but I will never pass on a good snack, and that is why I wanted to share with you some innovative food products that help you fuel smarter and curb cravings anytime while maintaining blood sugar and boosting energy. UCAN's healthy snacks are enhanced with super starch and crafted with healthy ingredients. This has been a game changer to curb those cravings between meals for me and my clients. I absolutely love the almond butter and it pairs so well with some honey wheat pretzel sticks, apple slices, or medjool dates. The granola is absolutely phenomenal. The only thing you will need to do is set some portion control because it tastes so good you'll want to keep going back in the bag for more. Since you are a part of our Healthy Runner community, as always, you will get 20% off all of your orders at UCAN.co. Just use the code HEALTHYRUNNER during checkout when placing your order. Go ahead and give this healthy snack a try, and believe me, you will thank me after when you feel better about your snacking habit. All right, welcome, and thank you for tuning in to episode... 72 on the Healthy Runner podcast. We are live within the Healthy Runner Facebook group. We are talking all things run pacing. And I have a good friend of mine uh, that's going to educate us today. We're talking about what pace should you run? So that may be the age old question that you've wondered before is what pace should I run? So it's one of the biggest mistakes that runners make is either going out too fast or too slow. And that's the biggest problem that we see. So I, knowing your ideal pace is really what helps make you run better and will make you more effective in your runs at meeting your end goal, whether it is to run longer or whether it's to run faster. So we are talking all things run pacing with our very own Coach Lou from our Healthy Hi. Runner coaching team. Hello. Welcome, Lou. Thanks for coming hi. on. Hi. Hi. Nice to see everyone. All right. So in this episode, guys, Lou is going to be talking about run pacing and answer some common questions like these. What is a good running pace? How can I measure how hard I am running? 
What is the RPE scale? How can I find my perfect pace? Is there a calculator to determine running pace? Um, how to pace yourself when running? And then what happens if my runs are too fast? So by the way, guys, can I just share some amazing news? Uh, today, I actually checked the Healthy Runner podcast out and I noticed that when I clicked on it, I saw triple digits for ratings and reviews of the podcast. So thank you so much for the 100 people who took two minutes of their time to drop a quick rating on how they felt about the show. Um, those reviews mean so much. They, they mean a lot. Um, it just really helps more runners learn how to become a lifelong injury-free runner like you're learning. And I appreciate you guys for taking the time out of your day to just drop that rating and review. That being said, we have like grown tremendously over these last couple of months where I'm super excited. Like we've had 4,000 downloads consistently over the winter months. And then we had 5,000 in March. And then the month of April, we nearly, nearly got to 9,000 downloads. So that is huge. And so there's at least Honestly, like I appreciate the hundred people who actually took the time out of their, their day to do that. There's at least like a thousand of you out there who've been listening to the show, multiple episodes, probably you've learned a nugget or two, you've learned some things that you haven't known before. So let us know what you're thinking about the show. Um, you know, we give all this information free out on the podcast, as well as within our Healthy Runner Facebook community. So without asking for Patreon donations, like many other running podcasts. So myself and our team um, have been working super hard these past couple of months at pumping out episodes, getting really good um, people on to interview, to provide you content that will help you in your running. And these next three months, guys, you're going to start seeing a bunch of events being created within our Healthy Runner Facebook group because I've been busy scheduling folks. And I'm super excited about this latest guest. I just need to like drop the name right now. Um, but Mario Frelioli, who is a running coach, writer, and publisher of the widely popular Morning Shakeout um, email newsletter, is going to be coming right here live within our Healthy Runner Facebook community on Friday, March 21st at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So I am super excited to have Mario on our show. Um, so we're going to be getting guests like Mario. We're going to be getting guests that are regular runners like you and me. Um, and we're going to be sharing some good content. So if you're enjoying the content um, and want to show your support, please write a brief rating and review on Apple podcast. It only takes a minute and it will help new listeners discover the show. So if you guys want the step-by-step -step instructions on how easy it is, because you're like, ah, I've nearly never done that before. I don't know how to do it. I actually made a blog for you that literally lays out step-by-step -step what you need to do. Now, this is actually Coach Lou's second time on the podcast. He was one of our guests in episode 54, and we talked about half marathon training in that episode, and we actually met the whole Healthy Runner coaching team during that episode. So Coach Lou was there. This is his first solo episode, and I'm super excited to share all of Coach Lou's knowledge with you all on the podcast um, within our Healthy Runner Facebook group. So Coach Lou, you know how this is done. You've attended many of our live episodes. Um, we're going to start with the dynamic warm-up. 
for those new uh, runners within our community, let them know where are you from and what do you do? Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Coach Liu. Um, I'm from, I was born in China and I came to the United States for my PhD in chemistry. And um, now I moved to Connecticut for work. And uh, I started running at the end of 2016. So I started my first half marathon in 2017 and first first marathon the same year. And um, I experienced a lot of uh, beginner's mistakes and run too fast in the beginning, but then um, I keep learning and um, improve, improve a lot along the way and uh, qualify for Boston eventually. <laughs> um, I wasn't even thinking of that when I started running. So um, yeah, and uh, I'm, a, I'm a certified personal trainer and a run coach by Jack Daniels V. Dot system. Um, and I'm currently one of the moderator in this healthy runner group. Excellent. And you share a ton of great content and I appreciate all your hard work um, for producing the content that you share every Thursday. Thursdays is uh, Coach Lou's day uh, to share some great running tips within our Healthy Runner Facebook group. Um, So if you're listening to the podcast and you didn't know, each day of the week, we have like specific content for you um, that is dropped within our community. So this is like extra bonus content, images, videos, um, discussions that we really don't have on the podcast and that is best housed within a Facebook community. And that's what we have with the Healthy Runner Facebook group. Um, So check that out. Join our community if you're listening on the podcast and you haven't uh, joined the community yet. Um, Yeah, Lou and I actually touch base. Like we actually didn't celebrate, Lou, but this is probably, we just hit like a year anniversary, I believe, right? We should have had a little celebration because you and I met um, right when COVID first hit. I remember um, seeing your name on Facebook and we had some mutual Mm -hmm. friends and that's when I started the, the first iteration, the emergency um, strength program that I created when my gym closed. And it was the first time in 20 something years that I wasn't able to go to a gym and I had to work out of my living room. So I, I created the uh, initially that was called the uh, spark fitness program and really became later known as the healthy runner strength program. And I remember you had jumped into uh, one of those months. Um, that we were strength training in our homes. And I got to know Lou well. I got to see how high Lou can jump. <laughs> Last week's episode talked about plyometric training for runners. Trust me, Lou's got some ups. Where he should have been like a volleyball or a basketball player. Lou can jump really, really high. So it doesn't surprise me that Lou can run really, really fast. Um, but I've gotten to know Lou uh, very well over these last over the last year, right? Like we ran throughout the summer. Um, and we were still running socially distant and we actually trained for our only in-person events that we had in 2020, which was, uh, through the Hartford marathon foundation. They did a little 2.62, uh, race that was around Rensselaer field. So that was really fun. Lou and I went together and we ran that. And then, uh, we did the in-person 5k in Wallingford, um, in October, first week in Mm -hmm. October. So that was that was fun. And then uh, I really loved um, Lou's 
sense of like for someone who is lose a fast runner, right? Let's be honest. He's not like the majority of us, right? In this community, but he is very, very humble and he is willing to help others. And I just love his attitude. I love how he always brings everyone up on, you know, on our group runs. And um, he's just been such a joy to have. And then in the winter, you know, he jumped on board with our healthy runner coaching team. So he's been in our, our coaching, our team-based uh, program and a huge contributor within there. So I thank Lou for all your contributions. And I'm really excited to honestly share, share you on the uh, podcast today. And the other thing that I need to refer you guys to, because as we're getting all of these episodes now, right, we've, we're 72 episodes into the podcast, um, there's a lot of topics that interrelate. And I try to bring that all together for you by kind of referring you to previous episodes to get a little more deeper dive. So the, the main episode that I will refer you to today, and we'll probably mention it a couple of times, is episode 25 on the podcast, which was where I talked about how fast you should run and the three types of run runs. We went deep dive into what is easy conversational pace run, what is threshold or tempo pace run, and then what are intervals and the pros and cons and what are the physiologic benefits for your body? Why do we do them? Um, and then when you should add them into the program. So coach Lou will probably reference those runs today. Mm -hmm. He'll briefly touch upon them, but to get a deeper dive, check out episode 25, but Lou, let's get into this. I'm excited. So first question I have for you is okay. what is a good running pace? A good running pace differs for everyone, right? Um, if you just get started, if you from um, a couch potato to uh, from uh, your first 5K, you're probably not going to run the same speed as Kipchoge or um, the competitive marathoners um, or sprinters, right? But for uh, someone who's run many years consistently, no injury, that uh, and have done a lot of speed work, then their pace will be much faster. So a good pace is a pace good for you. It's there's no specific number, magic number pace for everyone. Um, and if you just start, if you're a beginner, actually run walk can be a good pace if you've never done long distance. Excellent. So it's, it's really going to depend upon where your level of running fitness is, right? And, and what, your, what type of runner you are, right? Whether you are a marathoner versus a 5K runner, right? Or you are a, let's say a track athlete, right? There's not many adult track athletes out there. There are some competitions out there. Um, I know there, I saw some people post that the other day, there was a track competition uh, for adults. So I know they're out there, but it really depends upon what is your running fitness and what type of runner are you? Um, and I just want to give, man, you're coming on try. I just want to, I got to say hi to some friends here. Tanya's here on the live. Brooke, thank you so much for joining. I know you're new to our community. Um, and Sean is here on the live. Thank you, Shauna, for joining. I know you've been, uh, and Alexis is here and Lisa is here. Lisa, I'm so excited you're here. Um, it was great to actually talk to you today and kind of meet you. Um, so thank you for jumping on here on the live. So 
Coach Lou, second question I have for you is how can I measure how hard I am running, right? So there are a lot of runners out there who are going out and sometimes you feel like maybe you're working too hard or sometimes you feel like you're not working hard enough. What's a good way to measure or gauge how hard we're running? There are several criterias. Um, the easiest one without any measurement is by briefing, right? So if you, we say the talk test, if you like, apparently if you're panting very bad, then you can, you can probably not speak a whole sentence, but if you can, um, for example, like if you can say alphabet, A, B, C, D, F, G, or tongue twister, then you're probably running at an easy pace. Um, Something fun is that when you run, um, sometimes when you go out for speed workout with people, so we start with easy run, right? And then sometimes we say, okay, now speed. Then suddenly the, the talks are silent because we are just breathing so hard that we cannot talk. So that's why we have this talk test. Um, so that if you can carry long sentence conversation, that's easy run. And if you cannot say anything, then that's, that's that's hard run. The other thing to note is that um, the conversation pace can be misleading because runners, some some of us, we are pretty crazy that we can carry the conversation even when we are running pretty hard. So um, so it's then there are other criteria, right? So one thing we always talk about is the heart rate. There are many ways to measure heart rate. Many of the running watch has um, Rick's heart rate. So it has a little optical sensor and then monitor the blood flow, but usually it's not too accurate. Um, so then we usually have a um, heart rate strap so that measure the, the, the electric, electric, electric pulse. So that's a lot more accurate. And, um, and even so that- strap so that strap, Lou, that's the strap that goes around your chest, correct? Right. That's chest. not connected um, to your watch. So just to clarify, um, that is a specific heart rate strap, and they don't come with all models of your running watch. Um, so that would be something extra that you would purchase um, with your running watch, would, which would improve the reliability of data that you are getting. Um, because as Lou said the wrist version of measuring heart rate is not truly reliable um, for those runners out there. If you've like been there where you like look at your watch and you feel like you're working really hard and it's like, oh, my heart rate's 98. You're like, there's no way my heart rate is 98 right now. Um, just say been there in the comment box. Right. Um, but just that's that distinction. I just wanted to kind of clarify that. Sorry, Lou. Right, sure. The other thing is about the the um with a chest strap right is um because it works by the electricity um if you are really dry like in winter um no sweat then it it doesn't function very well so usually you put it under the water and then rinse it a little bit so that help better contact with uh, with, with the skin there's other like conductive um, gels you can use, but that's too complicated. So I just use water. That would be helpful. And there are there are other things like um, we use say RPE. We'll elaborate on that later. 
the rate of perceived exertion, RPE level is essentially how you feel about it. Um, and uh, yeah, right. and that's, so that's, we got that's heart rate, a lot. we got RPE. Mm -hmm. um, how about breathing? How do I know? Um, how can I use breathing as a gauge on how hard I'm running? If you have, a, if you can say a complete long sentence, okay. then that's that's easy run. Or if you can sing, then you are doing really easy. <laughs> All right, so that makes sense. So if you're able to sing or hold a conversation with someone, right? You're talking multiple sentences. Obviously, your breathing is in check, right? So you're not getting too short of breath. And this is definitely my limitation with running. I'm trying to work on this and improve my breathing, um, so I can be able to have that conversation during those slower pace runs. Um, so you talked about breathing, and then how about like I've heard about running zones. What is, for those that might have heard that term before, what does that mean? What are these running zones that people refer to like zone two or zone four? What do those mean? So the running zones, they are different criteria. Um, so Garmin, if you use Garmin, if our Garmin use it, it has six zones, but most, there are other things, many criteria has five zones, but either way, it's about like the heart rate zone. So regardless, you have five or six, apparently five or six are the hardest one and one or two are the easy ones. And there's, or if one can be recovery, like um, even slower than your regular easy run. And, and then three or four uh, and, and five are intermediate workouts. Okay, so there's a direct correlation between heart rate zones mm -hmm. and or <laughs> zones, zones of running and heart rate, right? So the lower your heart rate when you're just starting maybe to run, you're either walking or you're running really slow, your heart rate will be lower, your heart rate response, and that would correlate with like zone one is what you're saying. And then yes. as your heart rate elevates, then there's that direct correlation with zones so as your heart rate increases you go to zone two zone three four right. five six right so five and six is like those harder zones you're working really hard it's probably correlating with you being short of breath not able to talk sentences right where you're able to get a word out if that um right. okay excellent and thank you so much and uh, there is a question where we got a couple of questions flying in here mm -hmm. lou and i want to get to them before I miss them because they, they do correlate with what we just talked about um, for zones here. Mm -hmm. So Lisa H um, does have a question. She said that she that she's training for her first half. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Kudos to you, Lisa. Yes. Um, so during pacing for the half, would it be okay to go out at, say, a zone two heart rate and hold back until mile six or mile nine? Um, she really is looking for a little guidance. It, it sounds like you're looking for a little, almost like race strategy, um, question there for someone's first half marathon, uh, Lou, what do you recommend that, uh, Lisa should try to run in which zone? And then when should she, um, kind of release the reins and, and try to push a little bit further? Oh, that's a great question. Cause we just, the uh, half marathon, this one, <laughs> Delaware. Yes. So I share some training tip. Um, there, there, there are different ways of running. And um, one usual common mistake is you go out too fast. 
and then if you go up too fast and then after a couple of miles you just cannot go and then you will be miserable so yeah what she said is great you start with zone two so what i usually say for example you can mentally divide it into so half marathon is 13 miles five miles well no three miles and three to ten and then 10 to 13. So the first three miles is essentially 5K. You start slow, just like you said, like zone one, zone two, more like zone two, zone three, and ease into it. And then three to 10, that's you sort of cruising. And that's where your training goes, right? You, you train for this. So three to 10 is showing you can keep your target pace, hold that pace. And I want to do it to 10 because mentally, once you hit 10, it's double digit, right? So then you only have something there. And then actually the last 3.1 is a 5K. At that point, you, you just think, oh, 5K left. So that the, the final three miles is really like, just forget about that, go all out and yeah, and you can do it. And that will be a great strategy to, to pace yourself so you don't start too fast. But the, the middle part, five, ten, three to 10, is where you really have to hold on and cruise. And that's where your training goes. Excellent. I love, I love that, Lou. When you shared that um, within our group, I was like, wow, I've never actually thought about this like this before. And like I've run a bunch of half marathons, right? I think. The last one was 25 or 26. And I've actually never mentally thought about that, like splitting it into three. I, I've always mentally almost like split it in half, right? Because I think that's naturally what we do. And we think about, okay, once I get to seven, I'm like, oh, I'm on the downhill, right? I, I just, right. I'm more than halfway there. But I love I love that concept, honestly, because those first couple of miles, most people go out way too fast and I'm guilty as charged. Um, so I think really just having that mental mindset of, I'm going to actually really try to slow myself down here, get in control of my breathing, keep it easy, and then get into that cruise mode, like you said, and then just have that long-term focus of like, okay, I'm in this for the next seven miles where I'm like literally just cruising, trying to maintain that target pace. So you're not feeling like you're pushing too hard. Um, and then those last three miles, you're like, all right, let's uh, yeah, game on. Right. You're like, all right, let's do this. Right. Where you get really, uh, you really, uh, throw everything out the window and try to really, you know, pull out, um, a good time. So hopefully that was helpful for you, Lisa. Um, Christina also has a question and she's wondering if you have any tips on how to keep the same pace throughout a run that she notices that she'll start off strong and then slowly start to get slower by the end of her run. That's really, that really depends on person. Um, if you can, ideally, if you can cruise what, what she said, Christina said, just, um, you keep the pace along the, the whole way. Right. So actually that's what a pacer will do. But that's for a regular runner, that's that's not easy. And if you can do that, usually means you can run faster. <laughs> if you can keep the pace from beginning to end, usually means you have the potential to run faster. If you use some other strategy, strategy like what I said, 
you start slower and then steady and then go out that you may end up faster. So yeah, the if you if you can if you want to do that steady, then you probably have to train. Um, you, you have to train run a longer run, like putting a, like 14 miles in your in your half marathon training, uh, so that you can you know you can hold the 13 at the same pace. But um, but yeah, so that if you can if you can, if you target is to run at a constant pace, like a pacer, then you probably your finish have to be a little bit better than your target pace. Okay, like you, and I think yeah. that was probably a good strategy for you, Christina, for races. And I think applying what Lou said, I, I'm not sure if you're talking about like normal training runs. And I would say that I, I think that you're probably just you need to slow down when you start, right? And that you're probably like too gun ho and you're all pumped. You know, you're like, let's get outside. Like spring's here, summer's here, weather's nice. Let me go for a run. And you're like too amped up to start your run um, where you're kind of dying off, you know, at the end there. So, and I think some of the things that Lou's going to talk about um, is going to help going forward here in today's talk. So I, I think that should probably come full circle, but I would definitely utilize the race strategy of like a third cruise and then a third um, at the end where three, 10, three for like a half marathon distance. But if it's a normal training run for you, then most likely, depending upon the goals of the run, if it is in the goal is an easy recovery run, then you should definitely be, you know, going out a little bit slower, it sounds like. Um, um, so we do have uh, Crystal here. He's got a comment. So let's see what our girl Crystal says. So Crystal says, so then on the long run, conversational pace the whole time, or would you say, keep building your speed every three miles? This is usually what I do, but not a full out push. Uh, like still able to talk most of the time with a little bit of struggle toward the end. And yeah, so she says, does that make sense? So what Crystal is saying, basically during her long runs, she's really trying every like three miles to push a little bit harder, not like too fast, but try to build up um, as she's going basically like negative splits, it sounds like, right? So she's kind of doing some negative splits toward the end. What are your thoughts about that, Coach Lou? That's a great strategy. It's uh, um, So Crystal is using this way to make a long run, a training run. That's that's good. You mix something in, so long run is less boring, <laughs> and um, that also means you probably you have to start some a little more conservative in the beginning, right? So you have the you have the power to push afterwards. Um, but yeah, I see that it's it's a good way that you you know you start slow and then pick up as you warm up, pick up and then. And then pick up further. It's like a mini race strategy. That's great. Yeah. yeah. No, I love that, Crystal. Thanks for adding that. And our friend Michelle, what's going on, Michelle from Ohio? Uh, she says that that's a great tip, uh, Lou, to break down uh, the half that she's always having difficulty in the beginning of getting aggravated with people being slower than she wants to run. And this can help her embrace those first few miles rather than getting aggravated. So thanks for a different view. Yes, Michelle. Yes. Because I used to get aggravated all the time myself. Uh, so yeah, it's a di different perspective, right. To look at this. Um, yes. So crystal to answer your question. Yes, it is. Okay. That's actually, 
you're doing something really good in that yes. you are kind of holding back a little bit in the beginning. Uh, so then you have a little bit more in the tank, so to speak. Um, and you're really training your body to be a little bit more efficient uh, when you start to fatigue. So yes. as Lou said, you know, it's like you're training, right? As opposed to just going out there and running. So excellent job. And by the way, guys, I know uh, Coach Lou mentioned zones and Garmin zones. Um, for those new to our community, we actually had Garmin representatives on the podcast um, to share. And this was when I first got my Garmin. Um, so selfishly, I wanted to learn more about my new watch and learn how to use it. Um, but we had them on the podcast episode 46. Um, so they shared some great details about like, how you can maximize like your watch and be able to get everything out of it. So if you want that episode and you haven't seen it before, just type in Garmin for those that are on the Facebook live. Um, I will shoot you the link to that episode. Um, and coach Lou, I know you mentioned um, RPE and you talked about rating of perceived exertion, right? What exactly is the RPE scale? So the RPE scale is uh scale of number from zero to 10, well, more one to 10. And, um, and then we say one is the easiest, 10 is all out. To make it more um, vivid is I'll say one is you are on a narrow street, someone's in front of you, like um, checking the phone. <laughs> so you are, you are trying to run and you cannot pass him so that you are running one. <laughs> Um, and 10, sometimes like uh, you have a layover in an airport terminal and uh, you have like 15 minutes from, well, no, 15 is too short, like 20, 20 minutes from one terminal to the other. And, and then you just have to run really fast because they close the gate before that too. So, um, or like what we say, if you have a wild dog chasing you, you're probably gonna PR. That's, that's gonna be 10. But just like um, just like the zone and uh, the RP is loosely related to the zone, right? Because that zone is one to four, five, or one to six. But um, but RP is one to ten. And the good thing for RP is rate of perceived exertion. So it's like how you feel. And I love it because um, it takes everything into account. Like if you get a good sleep. If, you, if that's windy, if that's super hot, if that's a hill. So all these will change the actual pace, the actual number of pace, but the rate of exertion, it takes everything into account. So you can use that for hill repeats. And so on hill, the pace just you know, doesn't work, but then RPE can still work. Um, and we say on that easy run, RPE, five to six depending on your pain tolerance but i would say like five is like you have you start to do something you start to work on it and a little harder so you feel like it's you are doing something but you can keep going forever um yeah and five nine to ten you just cannot stay for too long a couple of um up to two minutes one or two minutes you're all done <laughs> Nice. And yeah, that has been actually studied guys in the literature and research and correlates pretty darn good to um, heart rate. So for those beginner runners out there, 
Um, you know, we usually recommend honestly using the RPE scale and not being, you know, too tied to your watch and the number that it's showing. And then the other, you know, variable that need to mention is we talked about the reliability sometimes is not the best in terms of what you're getting for accurate numbers on your watch. Um, especially if you do not have the heart rate strap, um, around your chest. So, you know, I've actually done like research studies with looking at heart rate with different like aerobic tests. And we found even with straps, sometimes they're not like hundred percent reliable either. So there's limitations there. The RPE scale does really work well, honestly. And then I love the fact too, that it takes into, you know, those different variables that Lou talked about, especially here in, um, you know, the Northeast area of the country, you know, we're starting to get towards summer. So hopefully <laughs> it's been cold the last couple of days, but hopefully uh, summer will be here before we know it. And we'll be going to be running in like 90 degree uh, temperatures and uh, humidity and high dew points. So all of those variables are going to play a role and is definitely going to change the number we get for pace. So that's a great segue to number right? So how can one find their perfect pace, Lou? Is there a calculator to determine running pace? Um, what do you use? Yes, actually, that's from the Jack Daniels. So he collaborated with NASA and uh, get a calculator. Um, can you share a screen of the it's a Run Smarter project? They Excellent. have an online calculator you can use. All right, so we're gonna do a little screen share here. And so here is the actual calculator. Mm -hmm. um, so this is really simple to use. So if you guys haven't seen right. this yet, we really highly recommend. Um, there are many different calculators out there. This is just one of the calculators that are out there. Um, this is what we like to do. Um, mm -hmm. So there is, this is pretty simple. Like you can put in, let's say your, your last, race was a half marathon and you had a goal of running a half marathon, um, you can pop that in there. And then you can pop in, let's say you did a two hour, um, I just tested this out before, as you can see, you did a two hour marathon, you would hit calculate, and then your pace would be there. So let me zero that out, you calculate it, boom, your pace comes out. So if you're going to run a two hour marathon, or you have in the past, that meant you did an average pace of a 909 um, minutes per mile. Mm -hmm. So that was the pace that you did your race. And now the nice thing about this is this calculator shows where you have your race paces and then you go to training here. This is, this is gold, right? So this yes. really helps you determine what is your easy run pace, which again is the majority of the running you should be doing during the week, it should be between a 1023 and 1124. So those of you who are here on the live right now, if you run anything close to this uh, half marathon time, you tell me, are you running most of your runs during the week at 1023 to 1124? And again, from my conversations working with many runners, this is the biggest mistake runners make is these easy runs are run way too fast for what your goal races are. And I always put it into perspective with my clients too. I'm like, 
hey, my time is this for my half marathon. Like someone who is, you know, running a half marathon, you know, maybe 10, 20, 30 minutes slower, sometimes are running faster than I'm running. And I'm not that fast of a runner, guys are running their easy runs like faster than I'm running my easy runs. So I always like to kind of put in perspective for them, but this is great because this will show you what is your easy run pace? What is marathon pace? And what, what does that mean? Marathon pace, Lou? So marathon pace is imagine you are training for marathon. Um, well, okay. so imagine you're training for marathon and you, for the first marathon and you recently run a half marathon in two hours and then that will that will be your target marathon pace when you run a marathon which is which is um somewhere between easy and those harder runs in below is that give you the confidence that you can keep this you can keep this pace for longer um, and you get a feeling which a pace you're gonna keep for your marathon. And I I usually want to say that if if your goal is a half marathon, you can just substitute that with a half marathon pace too. Um, it, the concept is that it's a it's a pace that you're gonna hold longer. So and the distance is gonna be, be between the easy and those hard threshold tempo and the repetition runs. So it's between that paces between that the distance between that it just give you a feeling give you a confidence that you can keep holding the pace for longer okay perfect thank you for that clarification and then you will see that the times get faster so for your threshold runs which is your tempo runs or lactate threshold runs that would be an 845 pace that you should be doing in that sandwiched in the middle that you're running those faster miles right with the slower mile to start, mile to finish, and then your interval runs, which in this case is basically long intervals in their system. It's basically 800 meters repeats or longer. So 1200 repeat miles, then that would be your pace. And then if you're doing a 400 or less, so maybe repeat 400s on the track, then you should be running those at about a 727 um, pace. So just to give you some idea, an example of what I calculated in there that all of you can do. So all of you can do this and no, we are not the podcast, not sponsored by VDOT, but maybe they should be right? Maybe I need to reach out to them. Um, but that's a really good, easy way for you to get some hard numbers and data to determine like what are the numbers that you should be striving for based upon your running fitness. And when I say running fitness, Lou, mm -hmm. am I talking about previous races, current, my goal? Like, Sometimes people have goals and some, a lot of runners I work with, um, it's, you know, well, what is your goal for this, you know, half marathon? And they're like, I want to run a sub two half marathon. And sometimes people just hear that and they just come at like, Hey, I guys guilty as charged. I did the same thing for my first marathon. I was like, I want to run sub four, right? Like I had nothing to put in perspective to, um, what should we be basing, um, this calculator on like, what should we type in there if we're going there now and we're putting in a number to determine how fast we should be running, what number should we pop in there? So ideally it, um, a recent pace, a race as 
um, as recent as possible and as close in distance as possible to go race. For example, if you're running, if, if you're training for your first marathon and you recently run a half marathon, that would be perfect. Um, and if you are, if you are a sprinter, if, if you put into um, 800 meters, then may, they may be different too much. And the other thing is that um, uh, the recent race, it has to be recent, right? Because um, if, you, if you just, if you run a PR last year or 10 years ago, you, and, and then you, you take a break or something and or recover from injury, hopefully not, but yeah. So your fitness has dropped and then you cannot just take your PR um, and then put that in your training because that's going to be faster than your current fitness. And then you go do all the training and you get injured. So a, a recent race, if no recent race, you can do a time trial. For example, at, um, it's easy to do a 5K, 10K, like if you're training for a half marathon. And if you are training for 5K, you can do a 800 or one mile, some, something time, time trial to get this, um, get, get a recent, your current fitness essentially. In, the, in addition, um, I was, the, you try to use a distance close to your target race because Oh, um, yeah, long and long run and, and long, long race and short race are different. And so the calculator give you the ideal race pace. If say, if you are trained, if you're uh, like track um, athletes, right? You always run one mile up to 5K. That doesn't mean that so you see, you still see the marathon pace, but that doesn't mean that you you can go without training and run a marathon at that pace. That's the ideal pace if you train properly. Um, that five k, like if you if you are training for a marathon properly and recently run the five k, that that pace. Um, will translate to the marathon fitness. So um, the, the take home message is that to use something as close in distance as possible to your target race. Okay, that makes sense. So if you're running a half marathon, you want to use a previous half marathon time or a 10k time at least, um, and try not to do the 5k. Same thing if you're running your marathon, use your half time, not your 5k time, it will be more accurate in the piece that comes out in that calculator. And then great point about specificity of training, Lou. Um, yeah, if you're a specialist that's very speedy and you're a great 5K runner, doesn't mean you're gonna be a great marathon runner, right? And vice versa. So some of us are just built, uh, depends upon muscle fiber type, um, training, um, aerobic capacity, right? There's so many variables physiologically we have in our body that will determine if we are a better shorter distance runner or better longer distance runner. So thank you for bringing up those points. Um, Lisa says, thank you very much for answering your question, Lou. Also loves your half marathon strategy um, that you shared. She is wondering if you can share your pacing strategy for a full marathon. Do you have a pacing strategy for the full? So a simple ways to just divide evenly by three, but I don't really like it because 
the psychology part doesn't work. Like, so you can still like, um, so a full marathon is 26.2. And everyone said um, it's 20 miles of warm up plus a 10K. <laughs> and you feel it. Um, so yeah, you can similarly, you can have the first six miles um, as you ease into your marathon pace or even three miles, first three to six miles, depending on that also depend person, like how fast you get into that, well, how cold it is, right? And if that's warm, you probably get into your pace faster. So anyway, it's first three or six, let's say six miles, you get into your pace. You start with like um, your target pace minus like 30 or one minute, one, one minute slower than the target pace. And then like each mile increase by 10 seconds and you get into that. And then from six to 20, you that's the same thing, cruising. Don't work too hard and get those gels in, get the, the hydration in. We will talk, we have that in other episodes. So not elaborate on that, but 10, six to 20 is you cruise in to show your, your training, right? That's what your training is for to keep at a hard pace that you train for. And then the last six miles is really, um, yeah, to show, show your will um, and your endurance that when, to, because your proper training, you are able to do the last 10K essentially. And that's gonna be hard, but you can, you can do it. All right. I love that. That's a, that sounds like a great strategy. I don't run um, many full marathons, but to me, that sounds like that would work out um, great. And Whitney says that she's been there too fast. Um, Alexis is running her correct pace. Go Alexis. Yes. yes. Coach Kat's running her correct pace. Um, Tanya says, thank you. And Coach Cat's wondering, what if the pace calculated seems too difficult or you can't seem to do it? So for example, tempo and interval, should you adjust or try to make those numbers? That's a great point. Um, it, it also come back to our, um, when we talk about RPE, right? Like the number, um, there are other factors. Sleep is one of them. <laughs> Um, if you don't sleep well, very well, if you don't get hydration very well, if that's windy, if that's hilly, that, that you cannot hit the pace, but that doesn't mean that you are not working hard. If, if you use the RPE level instead, that then you feel like it's, a, let's say you're running tempo, you, what you need is a tempo effort. It doesn't have to be a tempo pace. It's a good it's an easy measurement, but it doesn't take into account of everything. So you can keep the same effort. The other thing is that if, okay, if you are running on ideal, like a track, no wind, sleep very well, just don't get it, then just go with a slower pace. It's whenever in doubt, whenever you can do it, always go with slower, it's better to, there's no such thing of, of under training unless you are like going or like you suddenly stop all the training so as long as you are doing all you can that's that's then you're doing what was for um 
like you you try to keep that pace, you just cannot hit it. Then do just do whatever you can the best. Like um, and the other thing is, for specific example, in tempo, sometimes like three miles tempo, it's hard to hold three miles. What what I would suggest is to alternate with one mile tempo and then do a little jog for one, one minute and the other mile and then one jog one minute. So break into three so that it's not exactly the same, but that will give you, that will guarantee you can get the, your desired intensity. Then the other thing is if you run too fast in your easy run, then you are not gonna hit your target pace, <laughs> right? <laughs> we'll get back to that <laughs> if you run too fast. All right. Um, so I'm just dropping the link uh, for the pace calculator, um, sure. by the way, in the, the comment box there for you guys. Um, so great question, Kat. And I would also add yes. into that, Lou, um, mm -hmm. if this is your first time running tempo mm -hmm. or intervals, you mm -hmm. might not hit those numbers, but you'll be surprised what happens with a little bit of training, meaning you do it week one, it feels really hard. You can't get that number, right? If you were focusing on the number, but I right. would defer to what coach Lou mentioned is go on feel. Did it feel yes. like you were running a seven out of 10 for a tempo, or did it feel like you were running an eight out of 10 for an interval run? Right. So go on feel and be happy with that, right? You were successful. You got that run in, you pushed yourself to its limits, that seven that you wanted to be at, because that was your goal for your tempo run even though you didn't hit the number on your watch that the calculator said you should hit. But week by week, that is the, the training effect. Your body will get more efficient. It will learn to be more efficient at that faster pace. And you will be able to hit those paces if your numbers were pretty accurate that you put in there to begin with, right? So there will be, for those that are new to this and you're starting to add in those runs, and then I, I do... Uh, I definitely have to say this just in case you haven't listened to the three runs, three types of runs episode that remember, if you're just starting out running, you should not be adding in what we're talking about right now. You need to develop your base, your foundation of running fitness and do what we call base training, where you're really just doing easy runs. Every run is an easy run. Or if you're coming back from injuries and you have taken off, like I just talked to a bunch of people today um, who took off four weeks, six weeks. Another person took off eight weeks because of IT band pain, because of plantar fasciitis, because of hamstring tendon pain or runner's knee, then you should not be going back to these tempo runs that we're talking about. So that's, I need to stress that right now, that this is only for the folks that have been running consistently for a bunch of months. They use the number of 500 miles roughly under your belt. I would say it depends upon your level of experience. How many half marathons have you run before? Did you just take that layoff off and normally you're an all year runner? So there's a lot of variables that go into that, but I do want to state that and it will improve. Your fitness will improve the more that you do it. So those things will get better. Um, 
So great question though, Coach Cat. Yes. Uh, thank you for asking that and mentioning that. So Lou, I, I want to share, I know we're, we're, we're running on time here. I don't want this to be too long of an episode, sure. even though you're sharing some really gold here, but I want you to share some actionable tips for those that are listening right now during the run, if you're on the podcast and how can you pace yourself when running? Um, what are some tips that you have? Right, so there are various ways, right? So use um, run by feeling um, and see whether you can hold a conversation. And something I do is that sometimes in a long run, I do maths on my, on my head. <laughs> so if you can, you can think something really deep, then you're probably running correctly. Also, um, if, if you run slower, you can hear the birds singing. It's spring here and you can see the bunnies and uh, the, um, the flowers. You can enjoy it. And that's, that help you pace you too, right? Um, and, and sometimes when you run with friend, um, make sure if you run with someone's really fast, they say they're gonna go for, go for an easy run. Don't really trust that because usually that's a lie. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> so, so yes, if you're gonna go for easy run, um, try go with someone's slower than you or same level of you, and don't trust a really fast guy saying they're gonna go slow. It seldom happens. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, um, all these things, I would say if you're running along, enjoy the nature and feel the wind and things, you enjoy them very well. That, that will help you pace yourself. Um, if, you, if you're talking about those like uh, racing runs, then again, if you're a Garmin user, there's something you can set on your watch. So there's a race, um, the pace, uh, pace range when you when you run too slow you will beep when you run too fast you will beep but again now the because that depends on so much variables i don't usually use a pace um, use but i use rp instead all right and so i like that so you really talked about kind of getting into your surroundings your environment right yes. and and seeing what's around you and really this relates back to christina's original question is she was saying she kind of burns out right she always goes out too fast and then kind of burns out toward the end so these tips of you know getting into your surroundings christina i think would be helpful i would say just you know tune into your breathing you know check in and self and are you getting short of breath use that talk test that Lou talked about earlier. Um, even when I'm out there on my runs, like this morning, perfect example, easy conversational pace run for me. Um, I started talking to myself just to like check in and be like, Hey, can I actually talk a sentence? Because my pace on my watch was showing I was going a little faster than I should be going. So I wanted to kind of do a little check-in and be like, well, is this really my easy pace, right? Or why am I going a little faster today? Um, so usually I, I have a tendency to do that when I have a day off um, for some reason. Uh, so after my kind of recovery rest day, that first day back, I'm usually running a little faster than I should be. But really just getting in tune to your body too. And, and when in doubt, you know, if you do feel like you are always going out too hard and you're burning out and you're not finishing like how you'd want to finish, don't be afraid to do run walk. 
You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, Many, many runners do that. So don't be afraid to use the run walk method to help kind of keep your pace in check. And so your body doesn't get to that exertion level that's too high for what you should be doing based upon the goals of that run. And so making sure you have specific goals of runs um, is important. So last question, Lou, before we get to our final stretch is Mm -hmm. what happens if I run my runs too fast? What, what is, cause we kind of mentioned that a couple of times today is that that's the most common mistake. And someone might be saying to themselves, well, what does it matter? What happens if I go too fast? Doesn't that mean I exercise better and burn more calories and maybe get faster as a runner, maybe lose more weight, right? Like depending upon what our goals of running are, mm-hmm. what, do, what do you say to that, Lou? So, so the body takes some time to get used to the stress. Um, and we want to put the stress in such a level that it maximizes the outcome without, um, getting into the zone of injury. So it's the, the way um, it benefits your body is like uh, very steady in the beginning and then grows slowly um, as you increase the intensity, right? It, it, um, the benefit goes up really fast and then goes slower, steady when you double, like triple your mileage or speed. Um, so what I want to say is um, it, you, you don't, we have a plan, right? Follow the plan. So whatever your coach, um, or, or plan tells you, usually coach is better because plans, you know, you can find it everywhere. So do what the target is. And if you run too fast, you, you're going to risk for injury. And, and another thing is that if you're, even for advanced runners, a common mistake is they run too fast on easy run. So you don't recover fast enough. And then when they go to their quality section, they cannot hit the pace because they are not recovering sufficiently. So that's, um, if if it says easy, it has to be easy. Um, The other thing is that even if you're not running those speed workouts, you increase your mileage. That's the stress on your body. Or if for whoever's in this strength, um, who's, who has a, who's in this healthy runner strength program, that's another stress too. So with all the stress on the body, if you run um, a plan says you're gonna run at this pace, easy run, that means you you keep that you get stronger but then if if you go too fast that that's overstress you you don't get recover fast enough and you get injury yeah so really recovery right and really what yes. lou's talking about guys is really our fifth tip right for healthy running or how to run uh smart and run strong and be able to run fast is train smart with proper progression and what lou's talking about is that all of these different types of runs different forms of exercise if you're adding in strength training if you're adding in mileage distance and you're trying to work on speed or like three variables of stresses to your body and you know that is a negative thing 
if you do run too fast, because then that's when you're going to open yourself to one of these common running related injuries and these deep dives that we've talked about before on the podcast, whether it's hamstring tendon pain, runner's knee, IT band, plantar fasciitis, Achilles pain, right? So all the common culprits that um, we've talked about and some of you have unfortunately have gotten, right? So that's really the biggest consequence is in why you need to most likely slow down, uh, check out the calculator. Hopefully that was helpful for us sharing that. Um, and for those of you runners out there that are feeling overwhelmed, kind of juggling like everything you have in your life, um, as well as trying to run smarter and trying to learn everything you need to do about running. Um, and you want to learn the right exercises, um, so you can feel stronger during your runs, or you want to learn the specific running workouts, like some of the ones that Lou and I mentioned today, um, that you should be doing to get faster as a runner. Um, and if you want this all in a structured plan that's tailored to your busy life, um, to take the guesswork out, uh, and save you endless time, um, in searching Google and YouTube and our healthy runner Facebook group, um, you can go to the topics tab. You will see. 80 something plus on, you know, episodes and live podcast episodes of deep dive topics like pacing that we've done before. Um, but if you want to fast track that and um, be able to get a run plan, strength plan, um, if you've struggled with any of those injuries I talked about, um, I just actually opened up a couple more slots on my calendar for this week only actually. Um, so don't miss your opportunity. This is like, Definitely the only time that I'm going to do this for the next three months, unfortunately, because the schedule will be getting pretty chaotic these next three months. So I'm trying to help as many of you um, that are looking to really kind of invest in your running and your health and be able to take your running to the next level. And you might've been following for a while now and you're like, all oh, this makes sense, but I really still haven't put it all together myself. Um, that's what I'm here for. So if you're interested in that, if you guys are on Facebook, just type in spark back into the comment box. I will shoot you a link to my calendar and we can grab a slot to chat and see if the program is the right fit for you. Those listening on the podcast, I will drop that link in the show notes. Um, and yeah, let's get on a call and see if it's a good fit for how I'm helping runners get stronger, faster, and be able to collapse time for you. That's taken me 18 years as a running physical therapist and a run coach um, to kind of streamline that process for you. Um, so Lou, we are in the final stretch here, final stretch, right? So if you could share one thing about the misconception of run pacing for runners, what would that be? You don't have to make every run as fast as possible to get faster. Uh, you can run easy to get faster. Yes, easy run should be easy. Yeah, I love it. You can run easy to get faster. I know it seems counterproductive, yes. but it's so true. Your easy runs should be run easy and slow. You need to slow down in order to actually get faster. So when you do the harder stuff, you have more rest recovery and you can actually run those um, runs a little bit faster. 
So that's what you have to do. That's what I was thinking about this morning because it was an easy run. And tomorrow is my track Tuesday and I got to do my repeat 400. So I want to make sure that I hit my paces yeah. or hit my effort level, my eight out of 10 effort level that I need to hit as part of my half marathon training. So just to recap for those who just jumped on here and to kind of put a nice little bow tie and what we talked about today, Lou, is mm -hmm. we talked about what is a good running pace. And you talked about that's really individualized right? It depends yes. upon your running fitness, what your running goals are, how long you've been running. Um, we talked about how we can measure how hard we're running. You shared with us, you can use heart rate. We talked about the limitations of using heart rate. We talked about the RPE scale and what that is. We also talked about those Garmin zones. And then we really got into how can you find out the number or the perfect pace that you should be running or may be running. And we shared with you the Jack Daniels VDOT calculator. So that's kind of pinned within our Healthy Runner Facebook group. If you guys want to grab that or just Google it, I'm sure you can find it um, and check out that calculator. And it's really simple to use. So hopefully that's helpful for you guys. By the way, was the calculator helpful for those that are here on the live? I'm kind of curious, interested to see what you thought about that. I know I shared my screen. Uh, let me know if that was helpful um, to you. And then... We talked about tips on really pacing yourself. And I love how you said, like, get into your surroundings. It reminded me of uh, our long runs that we have as part of our team training. And it actually was a day that um, you weren't there, but I was running with Coach Latoya and Josie. Mm -hmm. And Josie, like, loves birds. And she's, like, pointing out the different types of birds as we're going. And we're just, like, looking at the surroundings. We're looking at the foliage. Um, so we were really taking in our surroundings um, during that uh, long run. And then you talked about really what happens if we run too fast, right? And that we're not recovering. We're not getting the recovery. So if you guys think about sleep, um, by the way, we're going to have a sleep episode coming this summer. Uh, I got a sleep expert that's going to be coming on the show. So I'm super pumped about that, by the way. Um, but sleep we know helps us recover. And if we run too fast, every time we go out there, we're never going to recover. So recovery is important. Um, Lou, I am so excited. Like you were able to share your knowledge that honestly I get on a weekly basis. Um, every time we talk, um, with our healthy runner community, how can runners connect with you, um, in our community? So I have an Instagram, Lucio run fitness, Lucio underscore run underscore fitness. And you can find me on Strava. Um, and I'm also one of the moderator in the Healthy Runner Facebook group. And you can find me, ask me any questions, message me, um, Facebook Messenger. And I'm really happy to help you. Awesome. So yeah, I just dropped your um, Instagram link um, within our Healthy Runner Facebook group as well, if you guys want to get that. And yeah, you will see Lou. Uh, frequently within our healthy runner Facebook community, either answering your questions. Um, he is very responsive. So if there's something that I haven't gotten to yet and haven't seen it. Um, Lou is usually responding or coach Whitney or coach Latoya or coach cat. Someone's responding to your question. So that is another benefit to being in our healthy runner Facebook group is when you ask questions, we actually respond um, as a coaching team and then everyone else in the community, obviously you'll get their input as well. Um, so guys, if you found this talk helpful, by the way, um, just hit that, like hit the love button within Facebook. Um, just so this can 
honestly help more runners, right? As they open up Facebook, they'll see this on their feed and we'd be able to maybe share a little golden nugget or two about run pacing and how they should be pacing themselves during their run. Um, and plus like coach Lou is amazing. So let's just throw him some hearts because he's coach Lou, right? Uh, give Thank him a you. little shout out. <laughs> so yeah, thanks Lou. This was so informative. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to educate our healthy runner community. Um, I know you do it on a weekly basis within our Facebook group, but I'm just so happy to share all of this knowledge on the podcast. Finally. Sure. So happy to help everyone. And, um, Hopefully we can always run faster and uh, longer, right? Lifelong runner and, and enjoy it. Absolutely. Got to enjoy it. Yeah. So thank you guys yeah. who jumped on here on the Facebook live, or if you listened on the podcast or you caught the replay on our spark your training YouTube channel, remember every week we go live within the healthy runner Facebook group. So check out the events tab. Like I said, we're going to be busy scheduling, scheduling every week. We're going to be going live, providing some in-depth training on a specific topic. So check out the events tab, attend the event. And then Facebook will give you a little notification when we go live. And so you'll be reminded that we are live so we can answer your questions and you can join the conversation. Um, thanks again. And remember, stay active, stay healthy. And as always, just keep running. Until next time, guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Runner Podcast. Can I please ask you for a couple of favors? Can you subscribe to The Sucker wherever you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever so you never miss another episode? You'll be notified when a new episode drops every Thursday. Can you also please leave me a rating and review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts? What I want you to do is to tell them how awesome you are as a runner and then tell them what you have liked most about the show. I love to hear what you have to say. I read all of them and it means a lot to me. If you haven't seen the video version of this podcast, then head over to youtube.com forward slash spark your training and you can see the video version as well as our full video library of exercises that are specific to your running on the Spark Your Training YouTube channel. Also, if you like the content in this podcast, then you will like the community even better. Head over to our Healthy Runner free Facebook group so you can get all the bonus content, blog articles, and get your questions answered by myself and our team of Healthy Runner coaches. The fifth and final thing I want you to do is that you can help this podcast out by taking a screenshot wherever you're listening, whatever episode, and put it in your stories on Instagram and tag me. That is at spark your training. If you do this, I'll give you a shout out and repost it, sharing your running wins while listening to the podcast. More importantly, we'll be able to share this information with a lot more runners because that is the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of as many runners as possible to help them stay healthy so they can stay on the road doing what they love. So take a screenshot, share it on Instagram stories, and tag me in it. You can also find out how I help runners as well as our brand new Healthy Runner Strength Program by visiting our website, sparkyourtraining.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I just love our Healthy Runner family. And remember, guys, let's stay active, stay healthy, and just keep running. Until next time.